0: Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Hewitt and welcome to The Conservative Voice Show, your place for honest, controversial, and the hottest in political conversations. All right guys, so welcome, welcome. Um, there's actually a lot to talk about today. Actually, I guess it's that midweek like news plethora we're gonna get. So we're gonna go over um, the Twitter CEO, Jack Dorsey, had his meeting or his hearing with the Senate along with the Google and Facebook CEOs, we're gonna talk about the ongoing protesting and rioting in Philadelphia. And really, really late today, the infamous anonymous who wrote the op-ed in 2018, was released, and then at the very end, I just wanted to talk to y'all about something I think is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Like, probably one of the most dangerous things I've seen to our society, and well, since I've been alive in the last 26 years. Um, So make sure that you stick around for that. It's going to be ridiculous and y'all are going to be like, what the heck if you didn't already know it. Also, anytime, if you have any questions or any comments, anything that you'd like to let me know, anything about the show, leave me a comment. I'll get back to you as soon as I can. All right. So first off, the the virtual hearings in the Senate were held today. They were primarily led by Senator Ted Cruz and he directly talks to the big three. Facebook, Google, and Twitter. Any of you that don't know, they run the tech world. They are constantly from Twitter censoring everything, from Facebook fact-checking by third party, and then Google just completely messing up their algorithm to get whatever like results that they want. It is incredible. So that is what he talks about. He talks about their role in censoring free speech, for the election. Um, he does give, and, it, and you'll hear it, he'll give bona fide, and I guess benefit of the, benefit of the doubt. I always have hard saying that. Always have a hard time saying that. Benefit of the doubt, yeah. The benefit of the doubt to Facebook and that they are trying to use independent fact checkers to check facts, but let's be honest. Like, why do you need fact checkers? Why? Like, let us American people decide what we want to read, what we want to listen to, and let us decide the truth, not you. So, also, if you didn't know, YouTube is held by Google and is owned by Google. And I don't know about you, but all of my YouTube videos, from funny dogs and cows, to watching other media outlets, whatever it may be, is just slammed with Democrat election material and continuous, continuous barragement of ads. So we'll start with Twitter. If you didn't know and you haven't been following it and try to like bring all of you up to date. A few weeks ago, I think it's sometime actually last week, the New York Post dropped the bombshell report just before the debate that Hunter Biden and his father Joe Biden may be involved in some form of implicit foreign trade deal that compromises them to the communist nation of China. They put this out and Twitter suppressed it, completely suppressed their speech. They suspended the New York Post, um, actual Twitter account, their main Twitter account, completely suspended it, and then would not allow anybody to share the URL. It was even saved in a .gov um, URL. And Twitter also suspended any sharing of that URL. So that's what got us here. And to this hearing is their constant suppression of political material that does not meet their agenda. So in a report from Fox News, um, It reports, the exchange comes as Republicans over the last several weeks have decided Twitter's actions to lock the New York Post's Twitter account and censor links to the outlet's stories on Biden's son, Hunter, and his overseas business dealings. Dorsey said this was due to a policy regarding hacked materials, because the stories were based on emails from Hunter Biden's purported laptop. still dossier, unsupported. Trump's taxes and all his account, like, like, financial information was leaked, and they blasted that all over Twitter. So don't come at me, Dorsey, with your beard and your freaking made-up policy. Um, Mr. Cruz goes on to say, Mr. Dorsey, who the hell elected you and put you in charge of what? the media aren't allowed to report and what the American people are allowed to hear. And why do you persist in behaving as a democratic super PAC, silencing views of the contrary of your political beliefs? And it's hundred percent true. And before you watch this, I need y'all to get ready because if y'all haven't seen Mr. Dorsey, he looks like every single biker that you've ever seen in your life, but that has lost a hundred pounds so oh and be ready for his nose ring here it is because of the three players before us i think twitter's conduct has by far been the most egregious mr dorsey does twitter have the ability to influence elections no you don't believe twitter has any ability to influence elections no we are one part of a spectrum of communication channels that people have so you're testifying to this committee right now that, that, that Twitter, when it silences people, when it censors people, when it blocks political speech, that has no impact on elections? People, people have choice of other communication channels with which- not if, not if they don't hear information. If you don't think you have the power to influence elections, why do you block anything? Are you serious? Them saying that they don't have any impact on the election whatsoever. Hashtags trending. Tell me the last time any of us went on Twitter and there was not something political trending on Twitter. Whether it be something ridiculous that uh, President Trump has said. Whatever it may be, right? And that it caused to the attention of the Democrats' campaign. You're telling me that people reading that doesn't have an impact on the election? That whatever they choose to post or choose to suppress doesn't have any impact on the election? Get out of here. And like Senator Cruz said, if you're not worried and you don't have to think that it influences the elections, why are you suppressing anything? Why are you choosing to censor what the American people can can hear if you think that it has no impact on the election? All right, so later in it, Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin starts out saying, do either one of you have any evidence that the New York Post story is part of Russian disinformation or that those emails aren't authentic. He was asking that to Dorsey and Zuckerberg. We don't, Dorsey said. He then reiterated that they believed it violated their hacking policy, only for Johnson to point out that the emails were not hacked, which is 100% true. They say that it's on this hacking policy and everything like that. They weren't hacked. Nothing was hacked. Hunter Biden left the laptops at a repair shop. After 90 days, the policy of the repair shop was that it was now became the repair shop's property. He looked through the property, found these damning emails, provided it to the FBI, provided it to Rudy Giuliani, and that's how we got to where we are today. So to say that it was hacked is absolutely a lie. And if they actually cared about the facts, Dorsey would know that. Second, the fact that they openly admit that it is not a part of Russian disinformation and they don't have anything to prove that it is fake is another just sign or evidence that they are, the censoring of the New York Post was purely political in nature and for no other reason. And I absolutely agree with the senators on how dangerous this is. I don't think people truly understand the impact that Facebook, Twitter, and Google have on the American people. I know I use those three apps every single day, probably multiple times a day, and I'm sure all of you do too. And the fact that there are that these companies and these platforms that the American people trust are openly interfering with the election, openly interfering and in suppressing political speech is absolutely dangerous to our democracy and absolutely dangerous to our First Amendment. So what else is dangerous? It is absolutely dangerous if you currently live in Philadelphia, because there have been protests in Philadelphia for the past two days straight, following the shooter of Walter Wallace. And for those of you who don't know, Walter Wallace was a young black man who unfortunately was shot and killed by Philadelphia police when they charged him with a knife, or I'm sorry, he charged them with a knife. And multiple times in the video, you can hear the Philadelphia police officers telling them to drop it, drop it, and then you can, in one video, see this long, what appears to be a knife in his hand as he charges the officers and then the officers open fire and ultimately end up killing this guy. So this has caused widespread rioting, looting, vagrants, just destroying Philadelphia. And how bad has it gotten? Well, about this bad. So I if so as you can see, it's kind of hard for me to talk right now because I got jumped inside of a five below that's currently being uh, ransacked and completely looted. And you see to my left right here, this is an I encounter store. We have an amazing uh, nail spa. And also right over here, there's a Walmart that's been completely gutted. We are here uh, across the river in Philadelphia, right by a Chick-fil-A. Uh, what happened was, is I just went into the five below to just see what was going on with some of the looting. And uh, I was jumped by the Black Lives Matter protesters who, uh, immediately started punching and kicking me. Uh, one of them punched me directly right in the lip. I had to go hustle, I think, to get stitches. in uh, this lip it's just absolutely painful. But this is what's happening in the current state over the killing of Walter Wallace Jr. the other night. It has gotten so bad that a reporter just doing his job, just reporting wasn't showing anybody's faces, was just showing the damage inside of five below, was assaulted, jumped by multiple people, and now will probably at least have stitches and who knows whatever injuries. Um, and a tweet from Shelby Talcott, she says, mass looting across the river and Elijah Shaper just got beaten up for filming, Talcott wrote, in a tweet that included a video from the attack. She further tweeted, this standoff remains tense, but not violent in this area, both sides holding. I've seen police take away one individual, but didn't see what prompted the arrest. She then then tweets, this is inside the Five Below store. Police are in the same parking lot near the Walmart, but there seems to be too many looters. So here's a video of that same individual, Schaefer, who reports for Blaze Media, being assaulted inside that Five Below. And in her tweet, she posts something and calls something that is incredibly true. There's just way too many looters for police to safely do anything currently, at least not given their current orders or current gear that they're issued. They can't do anything. How are you going to stop hundreds, thousands of looters from looting the city without the backing of the government? And so it begs the question... When are the Democrats, who have allowed looting and rioting to happen across the nation, going to take their cities back, when are they going to put their cities back under law and order? And to further, what is this all over? Like I said, that justified shooting where a man had a knife, was told time and time again to drop the knife, then charged officers with the knife, and they had to open fire and Sadly, it ended in his death. But the looting that has ensued and the rioting that has ensued is absolutely despicable. So the night before last, there were full-scale riots in the street. A cop car was on fire. There was literally a cop car burning in the middle of the street. 30 cops were injured. One of which was, where it was ran over by a car. Here's what that looked like. The thing all wrapped around his track and it looked like they tried to rip it to get it off. Um, the thing is coming back to security Are they systems. coming? Oh, he hit a cop. Oh my God, he hit a cop. He hit a cop. Oh, I'm. Like what the crap is going on out there? How can the Democrats just sit back and let that happen? If I was a cop, I would not work for a Democrat inner city police department because I know that they would not have my back and would not support the decisions that I made in milliseconds where my life depended on it. They would not have my back. So in the same video where there is a cop car burning in the streets, they can hear, or you can hear the witnesses saying that they are That the rioters and looters are now going to attack a fire truck, and that they're going to mess up a fire truck, because yes, a fire truck is self-evident of systemic racism in America and must be destroyed. Here's that clip. They talking about fucking up the fire truck. Yo, they trying to fuck up the fire truck, bro. They tripping. I don't know what's going on. Ho ho ho. What the fuck is they breaking? Oh yeah, it's time to slog. Where Oh, they breaking in the build uh stores and shit. Oh, uh, let me move my fucking wheel. Bro, what is that in the middle? This shit, man. Oh shit. I knew So I don't know what it's gonna take for Democrats to take back their city. I don't but it needs to happen, it needs to happen fast. Businesses, hell, even the just regular citizens of, in this case, Philadelphia, are in danger and they need to be protected. And that's the government's job. And at current time, they're absolutely failing them. All right, so I don't know if any of you all remember, or if you do, the famous op-ed in 2018 that was published in the New York Times, titled, I Am Part of the Resistance Inside the Trump Administration. While the author of that was anonymous, and the New York Times did not release who their source was, well, him himself, earlier this evening, came out and let us all know who he is. Um, The author is none other than the widely outspoken former Department of Homeland Security official Miles Taylor, haven't read it, go read it. It's absolutely ridiculous. It contradicts everything that you see and contradicts the policies that the Trump administration has set forth. And if on the off chance it is true, then it proves what the president's been saying all along and that there are high-level officials inside his administration that seek to undermine everything that he has planned for the nation. I think that that, if it is true, then that than Trump's former concerns, I guess you could call them, earlier in his campaign that parts of his administration were against him are true. So I reread the op-ed, I'm sorry, the op-ed before the show tonight. And it's crazy the things it talks about. It talks about the president's approach on Russia and that he hasn't been hard enough. And I think that we can obviously see, given the facts, the overwhelming the absolutely overwhelming sanctions that the Trump administration imposed on Russia, that that's not true. I guess when speaking about Trump's rants, I guess seeing that we could probably all believe that, that he had rants, I'm sure that he did. But that is just, I think, the way Trump does business. And given that that is the way that he does business, it's been successful. Think of all the successes that the campaign, I'm sorry, that the administration has had leading up to this 2020 campaign. That it is, it has been well and it is working. It is working. He is successfully fighting a COVID pandemic. He has, prior to COVID-19, brought the economy to the best that it's ever been. He brought unemployment to record lows. And he stood behind law enforcement and the government. He further helped co-author huge peace deals in places in the Middle East where peace hasn't been seen in decades. So I think that if his rants are indeed correct, they're successful in the way that he operates business. I will stand by my original statements. I think that it is a political stunt backed by no facts besides the Biden administration and the Biden campaign before the election. All right, that was my thoughts on that. I don't think that it really bears much attention to the election. I just thought that it was crazy that right now they decided to choose to release that. So, all right, on to the dangerous part, and this is truly, truly dangerous. There's an institute or a crowdfunded page or whatever they want to call themselves called the Gravel Institute. And it's a direct oppressor, they say they're a direct oppressor or opposer to You, which is, if you don't know what that is, that's a conservative education platform. Well, this Ravel Institute baffled the hell out of me and put something that is, in my opinion, truly scary. And poses probably one of the most dangerous verbiage to the constitution in modern times. So a few days ago, they posted on their Twitter. What if, hear us out, the Constitution sucks and is wrong about everything and shouldn't be the basis for running a society in the 21st century? As of today, that's 7.4 thousand comments, 8.7 thousand retweets, and 38,000 likes on Twitter. And that is what is truly dangerous to me. Yes, is there a left wing radical group pushing the Complete dismantling of our constitution, yes. But it is backed by even farther left radicals that would call for things about calling for the segregation of blue and red states, saying that if we want the constitution as red states, we can take it and blue states can go about their way. It calls for two different constitutions inside these comments and that America should not be a constitutional republic and the constitution is actually the true danger to the American society. For for those of us that have read Federalists, John Jay in Federalists two through four, directly addresses how us the segregated states poses a threat to all of our sovereignty from foreign entities, if that wasn't enough. And so the fact that there is a mainstream left, radical left media platform that wants to tear down the American institution and then is backed by another group of radical left followers that is now instituting that into college level students and young Americans. That is absolutely dangerous. The Constitution is probably one of the greatest documents ever written. And it comes with ways to amend it to make it a, in quote, living document that can change with the times. And now that they wish to completely rewrite history, destroy the single most important document and what makes the Republic of America different from any other, any other government in the world is dangerous, it threatens our democracy, it threatens our republic, and it threatens everything that us Americans hold dear to us. And so I don't know where it's gonna go, I don't know how far they're willing to take it, but it's there and that's what we have to worry about. All right guys, so that's it for today. We shall see how things shape up in the next week, in the coming weeks, depending on the results of the election and the election on November 3rd. Unfortunately, our guest tomorrow had a last minute business trip that she had to make and she had to cancel, so she'll be on next week and I guess... That time we'll talk about the results of the election and what her views are on that. Seeing that she is a Democrat, depending on what the results of the election are, I guess will greatly decide how her attitude is. Um, tomorrow, I do wanna sit down tomorrow and have a look at the polls as they are tightening as we approach the election and what that means, along with just other general news. And as, also, as always, if you don't already, and you like what you hear, hit that subscribe button. And like I said, drop a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think about the Anonymous and that Gravel Institute. Go take a look at them on Instagram. I'm sorry, not Instagram, go take a look at them on Twitter and see the crazy propaganda they're throwing out. And I'll also link my social medias down inside the show description and the show notes. Make sure you check them out and drop